are listening to the Muzzleloaders Podcast, the show where we talk about anything and everything black powder. Well, how's it going, everybody? Welcome back to the Muzzleloaders Podcast, the show where we talk about anything and everything black powder. And as you guys can probably hear, we are at SHOT Show 2022, and we're in the Italian Firearms Group, and we're going to be talking about Petter Soli with Justin Dodd. I've had the pleasure of meeting Justin this trip, and um, he works at Italian Firearms Group. So, Justin, what do you do at Italian Firearms? Well, I, uh, I am one of the two owners of Italian Firearms Group. The IFG is a bit of a unique partnership in the sense that we don't uh, just purchase merchandise from our Italian partners. We actually work with them to produce and bring it into the United States. So mm-hmm. um, the Italian, uh, four Italian companies that make up that, that side of the business uh, own part of it. And then uh, uh, myself and a gentleman by the name of Dale Pancake own the United States half of it. Oh, I see. And so uh, it makes it very kind of special in the sense that um, these guys are in it to win it. They, mm-hmm. They're not just selling us merch and once we take it, it's gone. You know, yeah, they, yeah. They, um, we, we, we win and we lose together. So uh, For sure. they've got a vested interest in everything we're doing and makes it makes it a different type of company than you normally see in the, in the business these days. Yeah, absolutely. And um, so we know a lot about Pettersoli. We carry Pettersoli. Um, in my opinion, one of the best traditional manufacturers on the market because uh, when I came here, I guess it was two years ago for SHOT Show, um, I chatted with somebody here and he told me that everything here is handmade from an original. And so Pettersoli will not make a uh, you know a muzzleloader unless they have the original to work That's from. correct. And so yes. can you talk a little bit about some of the behind the scenes, yeah. things that we don't might not see? So uh, anytime a new product is developed, um, a lot of the guns, they start from the original platforms that, that are brought in from uh, basically all over the world. Mm. So Pettersoli really focuses on products that start during kind of the Napoleonic flintlock era mm. up to, say, 1920s. Mm. It's kind of where it starts to, where he starts falling off. And so the um, every, every firearm that's being produced is either... Uh, has a original in the factory that they're using as a uh, way to duplicate, or they've got extensive research on uh, the exact gun so they know exactly what they're trying to do. Mm-hmm. The reason why is not necessarily to get the big dimensions, the barrel lengths and overall lengths and stocks and stuff. Yeah. It's more to get the nuanced things like uh, cartouches and not just where it is, but how big it was and how deep it is. And, and uh, there's... There's lots of the little small things you don't get until you're actually holding one of the original pieces. Yeah. Um, if there is a variation between that and a um, and an original piece, it would, it's usually due to either the legalities of the world we live in today, where mm-hmm. they have to be marked with certain things, or there is uh, there's safety issues with the original design that would make the gun, um, you know, unsafe to utilize in its original form and fashion. Yeah. Um, the good news is, of course, now that with modern metallurgy, the guns that Petersoli produces are as safe and as strong as any modern rifle that you could buy anywhere else. So, uh, just because they're they're designed to shoot a primitive style, uh, they're very modern uh, in regards to the way they're produced and the and the safety that goes along uh, in their production. Yeah. And I think that, you know, you kind of mentioned how pretty much anybody could get, you know, make a 48 inch barrel or whatever, but it's the details and 
that's one thing I notice when I pick up Pedersoli muzzle loaders is just the detail, the patina, and you can just tell that uh, like the comp quality, of the components, the locks, everything is just pristine. Yeah, they uh, the one thing Pedersoli does that's a little bit different than the other some of these other manufacturers. They actually go. Uh, they make a couple of trips a year to the United States where they, they select the wood. Uh, so a lot of the stuff is American walnuts, American maples. Mm -hmm. uh, so they're actually hand selecting the materials that they're bringing over. They're using American materials whenever possible uh, to best replicate the type and style of the guns. Mm -hmm. And um, uh, he actually has his own woodworking shop. So he's, he's very much vertically integrated. Uh, more so than some of the other factories in the in the valley. Uh, yeah, yeah. So he's not completely vertically integrated. Nobody really can be, but mm -hmm. he has the ability to, you know, make his own, um, make make most of the parts himself down to the screws. He's got mm -hmm. the ability to just make his own screws. Uh, he's got the ability to. Uh, they they recently partnered and purchased a, a finishing plant, so now they can control their own. Um, their own bluing and their own uh, metalwork and finish work. Uh, yeah, have better have their fingers more involved in the some of the other aspects of the of the production of the gun. So yeah, leaves them with less uh, less variability that way. So. Yeah, and when you're hand making these muzzle loaders, how long does it take for one to be be produced? Like, is it like a week? Is it a few days? Well, it just it kind of depends on the circumstances. You know, in today's world where logistics are such a challenge, it, yeah. It's uh, it, it's it takes longer than it really should, but they they're they're usually produced in batches. Um, when they tool up to make a specific firearm, they usually have, say, an outstanding order for two or three, four hundred pieces. That could be globally. That could be us. It could be anything. Mm -hmm. um, and they they kind of work. They'll start at one end and work work through the end. So you go through the factory in one day, and there may be brown besses everywhere. Everybody's working on yeah. brown besses. You come back in a month. And it may be an 86, you know, lever action rifles is what's through the system there. So as you walk through the as through the walk through the factory, you can tell uh, at which point in the production cycle each station is. Mm -hmm. So you'll have, uh, if you go to the woodworking side of the business, you'll see uh, what looks like a forest of, of stocks hanging from racks mm -hmm. uh, as they produce those stocks. And then uh, they'll be in different levels of, of fit and, and finish as they get closer to the final product. Mm -hmm. uh, then you've got the uh, the metal side of things where all the locks are hand fit, all the metals hand fit to the stocks. And so uh, if, if you ever get a Pedersoli, you start pulling it apart, you'll see uh, some hand stamped, usually the last two digits of your serial number on the butt plates, on the behind the lock, behind the lock plates. And that's to make sure that when the gun comes back from the proof process, mm -hmm. that the, the same parts go back together in the same gun. Yeah, and it just yeah. it fits together like it's supposed to. So, even though they may look like they're machined, um, the the point of the story is is that they are still hand fit. Yeah. So. Yeah. And uh, could you talk a little bit more too? Because we say you know Italian Firearms Group, Pedersoli, and uh, you know honestly, if if people have a lot of customer service questions, we love saying you know call yeah. Italian Firearms Group. But could you talk a little bit more about the relationship? Because because sure. um, you said you're part owner as well as the people yes. in Pedersoli and all so that. So how it works is um, for what concerns the United States consumer, IFG serves as the United States face of Pedersoli. Mm -hmm. uh, of course, anybody who reaches out to Pedersoli in Italy will receive a reply from them 
and there are circumstances in which they directly help clients uh, without intervention from us. Mm-hmm. That stated, though, 90% of what we need or what goes on will route through IFG at some point. We'll warranty yeah. station uh, for all the existing product that's in the United States. Petersoli is imported by a couple of different manufacturers, not just us. When, when we first started the business, there was quite a few manufacturers, or quite a few importers that were bringing in Petersoli. Mm. As time progresses, those are starting to kind of dwindle down and and fall underneath our, our window. They're actually purchasing directly through us, mm. as opposed to going direct to Italy. And um, it's made it a little simpler for the U.S. consumer to know exactly where their service would come from. So, Absolutely. you know, you, if you bought one gun from one manufacturer or uh, one seller, uh, it may have come through a place in Virginia or something like that. And, and of course, we they can't service the stuff that was from Virginia. They've got their own set of problems and, yeah. or in uh, processes to deal with their merchandise. And so you hate to turn a customer like that away. It's, you know, I'm sorry, I can't help you. And so really the, the underlying point is when it all boils down to it now, the most of it's coming to us for yeah. service and, and support. So well, it's nice because if you need customer service questions, it's a lot easier to get a hold of somebody in your country. Yeah, versus exactly. In Italy, oh, yeah. Know? The you, the Italian guys realize that they uh, they know that they're eight hours or seven hours ahead of us, and, <laughs> and you know, uh, ten o'clock in the afternoon for us Central Time is it's about the end of their day over there, and mm. so you get a couple hours with them in the morning, and they're they're toast, and yeah. so you have to. You have to kind of plan your mornings around their activities, and, and uh, uh, that's that's why the U.S. side of this is so important is yeah. to make sure that uh, when the U.S. consumer thinks of Petersoli, they need to think about the Italian Farms Group and how that that's that's really their point of contact for the U.S. market for their yeah. merch. So. Absolutely. So changing gears a little bit here, uh, what do you, what would you say your most popular model is? I know we sell a lot of brown vests. Sure, is that kind of consistent across the board? It is. It's it depends on what it depends on areas of the country. Um, you know, it depends what's popular in the region. Mm-hmm. Um, Petersoli does things, and he has various different muzzle loading markets that he tries to satisfy. Uh, he has a line of guns called the Silver uh, Silver Line. The Silver Line is guns that are NSSF certified that are, um, are NSSI, excuse me. Sitting here looking at all the shots. <laughs> um, too many acronyms. Too many acronyms. <laughs> the skirmish, the skirmishers. That's um, right. <laughs> these, those are those are geared up and are able to be used in those skirmish competitions. Okay. So. For what concerns that organization, those guns are as perfect to original as can be made, and those those shooters and those competitors can use the Petersoli Silver Line guns in those competitions. Mm-hmm. And so we we talk a lot about the different levels of of, uh, of shooter within the Petersoli brand and stuff. So you've got you know you've got reenactment type stuff, and then you've got skirmish mm-hmm. and to the average person that doesn't play the game, they would be, they would probably wouldn't know the difference between the two. It's very very different. The um, a skirmisher is trying to shoot really tight ragged groups with primitive weapons, mm-hmm. as opposed to doing the battle simulations like the reenactors do, yeah. where it's not accuracy and stuff is not a deal. You know, it doesn't mm-hmm. matter as much. So you're uh, 
the Pedersoli guns, the reason why they cost what they do is because they're designed to provide the levels of accuracy and the performance of modern, as, as modern metallurgy and, and production techniques will go. It's yeah. the apex that that gun will ever be. Hmm. It's, it's as good as, as modern technology can make a 17th century firearm. Yeah. And so you end up in a, uh, those kinds of circumstances where you've got, um, so we'll talk about the different line, those different types of guns. You've got the Charleville musket, for example. Hmm. You've got the Brown Bess, the 1816 Harper's Ferry. Those are all going to be flintlocks. 1795 Springfield is another hmm. flintlock. Um, then you start transitioning into the Colt conversion, which is where the percussion starts to take into play. The United States' history is very important to the, the Italian guys, uh, especially Petersoli, because the majority of his product is actually focused in our past. Mm -hmm. And so when you look at his lines, when you transition into the Civil War era of firearms, you have the 1861 Springfield, which was yeah. predominantly for the North guys. That was what they fielded. Where in the South, they didn't have the industrial capacity that the North did. They couldn't really build anything. So they were importing anything and everything that they could mm -hmm. to fight the war. And so you've got three band infields from England. You've got two band infields. You've got Zouaves. You've got uh, all sorts of stuff that's just coming in from uh, from left field Austria mm -hmm. and we we bring we produce those too and depending on where you are in the country and what side of the the battle you want to be on would be yeah. which kind of gun you would you would want to have in that yeah and then to get even more in the, the target side of things they've got the hexagonal board Whitworth rifle which mm -hmm. was this is incredible bit of technology that well ahead of its time that yeah. used the 400 uh, 451 caliber uh, hexagonal slug that was uh, very fast twist barrel and was incredibly accurate but hugely expensive and it just it was a commercial failure for Whitworth but uh, we've we've actually brought that back and as you could buy the, the rifle and the, the mold and the whole thing and yeah and shoot incredibly long distances with that same those same technologies so yeah so what what you talk about hexagonal um, what is the benefit of that versus like a rifle barrel? Well, the, so it is rifled in the traditional sense that it spins the bullet, mm -hmm. um, but instead of there being lands and grooves in a round bore, the, the bore itself is, is uh, hexagonal in shape. Mm -hmm. And so the bullet perfectly fits the bore. Okay. So yeah. you've got no or less chance for gas to escape past the projectile as it's being fired. And so... What Whitworth had figured out that you know we're all kind of relearning now with the new modern cartridges is if you take a real long bullet and you spin it really fast, yeah, it you know it carries a lot of <laughs> it functions downrange, very accurate cartridge. Yeah, yeah. So that's um, that was that technology, and you see those kinds of things now in the new Creedmoors and the PRC rounds, where mm -hmm. very long bullets with with uh, fast twist barrels, and that's. You know, these guys were doing it back in the 1860s, so it's not new tech. It's just a new way to see the, yeah. what was already being done. 
So what twist rate are you usually getting with those? I'd have to look at the exact twist rate on that one, but it's probably one in 18 or tighter. Oh, really? It's so that's pretty, really fast for a muzzleloader. Pretty quick. Uh, it's spinning it pretty fast. Huh. Wow, that's crazy. That's awesome. Um, well, is there anything else that, uh, that you want to go over today? Anything else interesting we need to know about? Oh, you know, I think one of the things that we we want to talk about really without is the the kind of the pride and the uh, and the amount of effort and uh, that goes into not just making a, a beautiful product but a safe product for everybody. And one of the things that most people don't realize in the United States is that uh, every gun that is either sold in Italy or or uh, made in Italy and sold elsewhere has to go through the proof test. Okay. Um, that's every single every one, single not gun, down to the toy guns. Hmm. If it shoots a cap, it has to be tested. Um, that test is of, of all the things that I have seen in Europe, being in Italy and seeing these factories, watching these guys build the guns. The proof house and the process that these firearms go through before they ever reach a consumer is amazing hmm. and you got a lot of respect for a product that has to go through what it goes through in order to make it to a to a to a person's hands so hmm. each each one of these guns whether it be a cartridge firearm or a muzzle loader i'll use cartridge first and explain a little bit about how that process is but they take the maximum cip specification for a cartridge hmm. And they up that by 30% or something like that. So it's like 1.3 times maximum. Yeah, yeah. And they produce those. So it's whatever the highest end of the spectrum is for that cartridge, pressure-wise, they increase it by 30%. Hmm. And then they run that through the run, through the gun two times. Hmm. After that, they test all the... They do all the dimensions and make sure that there's been no dimensional shifts, no changes, and nothing happens inside. So that gun, any any Italian gun you've ever seen, whether it be a handgun or has has been tested in that manner. Yeah, yeah. And if you want to date your firearm kind of closely, you can actually decipher the Italian proof marks from the proof house. You can see what month and year hmm. used that gun was produced. There's a way to do that. Interesting. Yeah, it is kind of cool if you know what you're looking for. Yeah. So... The same thing happens with muzzle loaders. Um, so I tell the story I told you yesterday about the um, uh, we we don't make a many revolvers, but we do make some, and their competition level of the Remington pattern revolver, for example. So what they'll do with that guy is they'll actually take that that revolver and they will they will load that cylinder till it's as full as it can get, and um, use a hydraulic ram ram the round into a round ball into the chamber of all six chambers. They put it in a jig and they fire all six at one time. And you said that was with 4F powder Yeah, they use 4F powder. I've seen them use three, but it's all Swiss. Mm-hmm. Uh, Swiss and shoots and powder is what they use over there. Um, extremely high pressure. Yeah. Extremely high pressure. And um, that has to do that twice. And so... The muzzle loaders are the same way. You know, you just, they're just, they're, they're put through an ex, extreme overpressure mm. uh, to make sure that the guns are safe yeah, before yeah. they ever leave, before they ever leave Europe. And so 
it's um, it's an incredible process to watch that go down and uh, stuff that you see that sells for six seven hundred bucks online that there's sometimes they're more expensive and there's a reason yeah you know you yeah. do get what you pay for in firearms mm -hmm, and for uh, sure. Everybody should kind of see those numbers and understand where they come from. So. Yeah, well, I mean, you're, the first time you see a Pedersoy like online, you see the price, you're like, boy, like how? I mean, could it really be worth it? And then you pick up a Pedersoy, and it's, yeah, wow, this is like nothing else. It is a different. Know? It's a different level gun, and we we realize that. Uh, the the best thing we can do, you know, the 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 best things we do are, are just show ours against yeah. the other guys. Mm -hmm. So look at these different guns. They are they're drastically different. Yeah. You can see the facts that, uh, you know, you look at some of these other rifles that were made, they may have uh, different methods of attaching the barrels to the breech plugs and they use spacers or they use different things like that so they don't have to worry about timing octagonal barrels mm. where everything's done the old way. It, I mean, the Pedersoli Sharps rifles, for example, probably get put together and taken apart five times yeah. before they're finally uh, ready for sale. So Wow. That's incredible. That's awesome. Well, you know, I really appreciate having you on here, Justin, yeah. taking the time. I know Shot Show's insane, so. No, it's been a good time. I appreciate yeah. you coming by. Absolutely. And um, if you guys have any questions as far as Pedersoli stuff goes, uh, make sure to drop it in the comments below or give us a call. Shoot us an email. We'll be happy to help you there. Uh, if you are listening on one of our audio platforms, then be sure to leave us a review because that's going to help get this content into the hands of people that need it. And uh, we'll see you guys on the next episode.